if we weren't recording. <laughs> God, I would hope so. Oh, hey, 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 I'm Gilda. And I'm Steph. And you are listening to Saturday Night High, the podcast where we get stoned and talk about Saturday Night Live. Yeah, and tonight we're talking about season one, episode six, which aired November 22nd, 1975, and was hosted by Lily Tomlin. There was no quote-unquote musical guest, as it was just Lily Tomlin performing with Howard Shore and the all-nurse band. Yeah, that was different. (laughs) There was also Lily Tomlin performing with a Muppet. Yeah, there was Lily Tomlin performing with a Muppet. I had some thoughts, you know. And the bees. Oh my god, I have a lot of thoughts. Oh yeah, this was this was a good. It's it's starting to really. Ca- I, I I don't know. I think the show's really catching. I don't want to say hitting its stride, but like they're you can tell they're getting more comfortable. They're more confident in everything they do. They're making people laugh, and they go out there. They're not worried if people are gonna laugh because people have laughed before. Yeah. No. And like the vibes are just really good and happy. I want to take a quick second before we get into the episode to say that listener discretion is advised as we discuss adult themes and drug use. So just be mindful of who's around you whilst you're listening. We kick things off with the cold open, and I actually thought it started out kind of funny that Chevy Chase was actually doing a pretty good job with Gerald Ford, and then it kind of fell apart towards the end, although I really appreciated him answering the phone oh fuck who was it Assad not Assad um Anwar Sadat I believe and then he had a call from Henry Kissinger Hank Hank and he places the phones together to try to like that's international diplomacy done for two flipped two 69ing telephones um 69ing telephones <laughs> i mean I, I don't know how else to describe it uh, it's a podcast it's really hard i don't have a visual <laughs> but yeah the ford portrayal it portrays him as long-winded boring and dumb and uh, i don't know i feel like it's the same damn performance week after week and i feel like the same could be said about alec baldwin's donald trump or jim carrey's joe biden like it's just i don't know i just feel like you have to put a little spin on it each week jim carrey's joe biden's a little unhinged i'm not entirely sure what to expect sometimes but (laughs) yeah yeah i i really wish they had picked someone else i i was willing to i was willing to hold out for a bit but four weeks in and i like woody harrelson's joe biden better it's woody harrelson i mean oh my god i just butchered his name it's woody harrelson (laughs) i swear i'm not drunk just high (laughs) (laughs) oh gosh um, although I would absolutely love it if like next week there was some like Biden battle and John Mulaney's Joe Biden killed off Jim Carrey's Joe Biden and took over because like John Mulaney lives in New York and we know he wouldn't fucking mind dropping by to play Joe Biden once a week. Like who gives a shit? I fucking love John Mulaney. Oh my God, that'd be great. Oh my God. So we can move on to the to Lily Tomlin's little monologue. It was cute. Um, 
she was busy just reading jokes from a notebook and I was like okay go off sister like you look great in those long black pants yeah and the her the top she was wearing was amazing it was like this pink bedazzled top that had flowers it was beautiful she wasn't is beautiful yes I love her I like the joke about uh, New York is always knowing where your purse is and being a New Yorker means never having to say you're sorry and (laughs) I appreciated both of those and I liked how they moved the monologue to the main stage as opposed to having it in like the center of the audience it felt less nightclubby and more late night comedy show which is you know I see what you're saying yeah I didn't even notice that but I didn't notice that it felt different yeah it felt more I don't know it felt more true to what they do today but I just didn't like the other feel it just felt too like hey welcome to Vegas I'm Elvis like you're walking through the audience and going up to the stage I don't know yeah (laughs) the first sketch of the night was and this is a recurring sketch throughout the night was John Belushi as Beethoven and he won't eat and he's not talking and his wife and the maid who is I believe her name was Frida they come in and oh he won't eat and they're so concerned and they leave and he starts playing uh, I believe it was tie a yellow ribbon to the tree he starts playing like a ragtime song and he was like adorably confused like what am I doing what is this and it was really cute it was cute I John Belushi's um, facial expressions. They were all just so fun. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I completely understand why people were like, you can't help, but absolutely just fall in love with these guys' personas because, I mean, my God, it's so cute. Like, he, John Belushi famously would tank any sketch written by a woman he would underperform so it would tank on the show he did not think women were funny but watching him enjoy himself so clearly and just i oh god it was so cute i loved it damn i did not know that about him yikes yeah i think him and chevy chase were both in that same boat i don't know if chevy chase was as open about it i mean probably knowing what we know about him but um uh, yeah no i john belushi hated women so great noted i shouldn't say well Well, (laughs) women hate women so like it's it is what it is right Right. No, it's not. I'm not saying only men hate women. And I shouldn't, I probably shouldn't say he hated women. He just certainly did not think they were funny. Well, run of the mill misogyny. Um, and then after that little Beethoven part one, we went into um, Howard Shore and his all nurse band. Yeah. And that featured uh, Lily Tomlin. And Paul Schaefer on the piano. My main thought was, what? So the song was called St. James Infirmary Blues. Oh, yeah. And uh, it's of uncertain origin. Louis Armstrong made the song famous in 1928. So this is a serious song. But the fact that it's called St. James Infirmary, they thought it would be funny to dress everyone up like nurses. Which, mm, it was just a song and people were dressed up it was weird it was definitely strange (laughs) 
then went right into another, or not another, the same fucking triopnin that they've aired a few times before. It's not funny. Please stop. I'm, I'm talking to someone 40 years ago. I realize I have no control over this. I feel like I'm going crazy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, oh my God, like this again? Like, hello? <laughs> yeah. And like, I get that, you know, they were probably- There has to be something better. Yeah, there has to be something better. And I get that they're trying to get a comedy show off the ground. But at the same time, they're re-airing sketches that, I mean, just aren't, it, I, I didn't think it worked the second time. I don't know why they thought to try it a third time. They could have replayed a number of other bits from the first few shows that were far funnier than Triopnin. Tri- it's just not fucking funny. Right. Yeah. I have apparently very strong opinions about Triopnin. <laughs> I'm starting to get stronger opinions on Triopnin. So <laughs> we'll see where we're at. The next thing was another, it was um jaws three <laughs> hell yeah i was chair dancing um yeah land shark i love land shark <laughs> so lorraine newman she's on the phone with her mother and she's talking about land shark and how she's going to be very careful not you know she won't open the door and uh she goes over to the door and there's someone talking she's like are you land shark and they're going back and forth and she said, oh, you, ma'am, your, your car is double parked. I said, I don't have a car. And him saying it was a candy gram is what does it. And then Lorraine Newman got eaten. And then it cuts to John Belushi and Dan Aykroyd. And they are trying to find Landshark. And I guess they go to the apartment building because Landshark is struck there three times. And Jane Curtin, she answers the door. She hits the sheriff, Dan Aykroyd. So they say, okay, we're going to go warn other people in the building. Don't answer the door unless it's this very specific knock. And then someone comes to the door and starts talking and they get the knock wrong. And she answers the door anyway, because she doesn't realize it. She just gets it backwards. And then she gets eaten by the shark. And so then it cuts back to the police station basement place where I guess John Belushi, he goes to warn people or find some evidence. And Dan Aykroyd, he's going over his plan and while he's going over his plan he's getting suggestions from behind him and he's getting little nudges on the shoulder and he thinks it's john belushi and it's actually landshark so now landshark has gotten the sheriff so now landshark this sketch it has a plot like it has like we are going places this is no longer just a shark open at women's doors just like oh can i come in like this is we we, we now yeah now we have characters yes, yeah <laughs> so uh Landshark um he so Gilda Rad LS Landshark I use initials I use initials when I write when I get high and record I forget what they mean. Land shark. <laughs> so Gilda Radner sitting there listening to the radio, and all of a sudden you hear, ah, and you hear Land Shark's voice. And the Land Shark says, Oh, you shouldn't not open the doors, you should open the doors and invite Land Shark in and offer him Oreos and root beer. And so then there's a knock at the door, and Gilda Radner goes over to the door and he says, Who is it? Says, oh, it's Land Shark. She's like, oh, she thinks about what to do and she's like Oreos and root beer in a really cute way it opens the door and then she gets eaten and then 
because we have to add another plot to Land Shark. So Dan Aykroyd was apparently married. Yeah, Dan Aykroyd was the sheriff and he was married to Lily Tomlin. And John Belushi goes by to tell or to he had informed Lily Tomlin of her husband's death and he goes by to comfort her and it turns out that I guess they're having an affair and then I believe Landshark took over the studio directions and convinced Lily Tomlin to open the door and Lily Tomlin then got eaten and John Belushi didn't even notice it because he was sitting on the couch. I mean yeah basically like when I heard the studio directions I didn't realize it was Landshark. I mean I don't know how I didn't really predict that one but he was like okay Lily like this is going on too long we gotta cut it just just you know just open the door. (laughs) I really like Landshark. No, that was good. Um, I also liked how Jane Curtin, when she hit Dan Aykroyd, he was a cop and a cab. So not to say I promote violence, but just a cab. That's what I'm saying. Um, Should we talk about the next sketch, which was essentially Chevy Chase dropping newspapers for the whole thing that was that was just it he was just dropping newspapers <laughs> like basically you see yeah so basically you see jane Curtin and garrett morris and they're making it on a couch and then knock on the door it's chevy chase and he shows up as like what like the um what's the word bellhop yes i was gonna say hotel boy but like that doesn't make any sense um so he was dressed as the hotel boy and he is holding all these newspapers and he's really flustered to see them making out and so he just keeps dropping the newspapers as he's trying to leave and that was it that was really the whole thing (laughs) it was just slapstick yeah i i it was they were obviously an interracial couple yeah something about it was a little sketchy it was like was he flustered because he saw a white woman and a black man kissing was he trying to not have them kiss and not leave the room was it i didn't really like i i don't know i i just Something about it felt gross. It was like, get out. I mean, the way I interpreted it was that he was flustered, but we were like laughing at him. So I, I think we're supposed to be like sympathizing with him. But <laughs> then again, <laughs> sweet. Okay. No. And that's kind of, well, okay. So t- to be perfectly honest, that's what I thought at first. And then my second thought was, Old SNL is so racist. There has to be something worse about this sketch than just him being flustered by this. So I don't know. But either way, it was just like, ew, icky. I I don't care if you're flustered. Just come back for the paper. Yeah, we don't trust like that. We just don't trust like that. The next uh, bit was Lily Tomlin doing her character, Edith Ann, who is a little girl. I believe she's four and a half or five. And she's dressed like a little kid. She's learning how to ice skate. All of the furniture and the set is like super oversized. So she actually looks small. She's just learning how to ice skate. And her dog is sitting nearby. And uh, the main line that worked for me was how she put uh, potholders in the seat of her pants to cushion her fall when she fell on the ice. I saw her do that character live. It was very cool. But Oh, that's so cool. It's like on the show, it doesn't age well, but watching her do it in person, like it was really awesome. Oh my God. Yeah, I bet. I was just like, okay. <laughs> yeah, it was like, all right, on to the next thing, which was Beethoven part two, more Beethoven. 
<laughs> so yeah, it was basically the same Beethoven, same thing as the first sketch. And every time his wife and Frida came in, he's basically catatonic, not eating. And then he's like, oh, good morning. Yes. Okay. Uh-huh. And then he starts messing around on the piano and then he starts playing some familiar chords and the audience starts laughing because you realize that Beethoven is playing the he's playing my girl by the temptations and so this time he starts singing and the part that made me laugh the hardest was when it got to the end it was my Fräulein wasn't my girl (laughs) wait I didn't even notice him saying that I was kind of just jamming to my girl (laughs) right but it was yeah it was absolutely it was totally adorable in between then we had a show announcement right oh my god it was the first well it wasn't the it wasn't the first show announcement they've done like this at the first the first saturday night live the first ever saturday night live paul simon did his own promo just sitting there like hey guys tune in next week i'm hosting and it was very cute but this was the first i gilda just walked out on stage and was like, yeah, so we're taking the next two weeks off and uh, we will be back on December 13th with Richard Pryor, which should be really good. I'm very excited about that. And then the show after that, the Christmas show is Candy Bergen, who is now the first multiple time host of the show or will be. So, yeah. So I thought that was cool because I don't know, our show announcements now are just tweets. Um, All right. So yes, you were going to introduce Weekend Update. Yes. So it was kind of the same thing that we've seen, like the same exact thing. Um, But like basically Chevy Chase, um, he picks up the phone and he he just holds it to his ear for a second and then he hangs it right back up and then says, you know, hi, I'm Chevy Chase and you're not. So actually, I think I know what that was because my grandparents used to have a phone like this that we would play with in the basement and it wasn't hooked up but based on the numbers that he pressed and the amount of time that it took for the dial to return i am pretty sure he picked up the phone dialed 911 listened for someone that picked up and hung up the phone if you go back and watch he dials three numbers the first dial, it takes a while for it to go back. And then the second two are really short. He listens for like three seconds and then hangs up the phone. Wasn't that illegal then too? Yes. Oh, wait, it was plugged in. But still, that's not even funny. What? No, we didn't. No, like we would just like play whatever. It wasn't plugged in. Yes, it was illegal. But like we were just little weirdos playing emergency room or something. And yeah, no, 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 no. I know. I think in Dare, they should just tell you not to dial 911 as a joke, but doing drugs is kind of okay. <laughs> that, that should just be Dare. That should be Dare? I, I don't know. It's like, they're telling us how, like, to huff paint, and it's like, wait, you can huff paint? It's like, I'm sorry, you're, you're giving us a how-to! My fucking brain isn't fully formed, and a bunch of cops walk in and tell me about drugs, and like, what drugs are big in my town. <laughs> tell you where to get them how to find them what to look for what to ask for what to expect when you take them yeah oh my god i remember oh my god this is totally not related to anything but i just have to get this off my fucking chest it was so awkward it was whenever we were in dare i don't remember um 
basically like you know they sent home a permission slip um uh-huh. parents i was like okay we're gonna talk about these things um so just you know be aware that your kid's about to you know learn all all this stuff um and so we were talking about hiv and aids and the cop was like yeah you get it you can get it from sex that's one way of getting it and this one kid faced his hand and was like what's that um and we were all just like oh <laughs> like oh no his fucking parents did not tell him um and mm-hmm. so the cop didn't tell him because a cap but also because that would have been a little bit inappropriate um <laughs> yeah also i don't want to get sex ed from a cop i don't think that's no. gonna be healthy for anyone clearly getting drug ed didn't help um but yeah uh, well or did it because i'm here it helped no um but wait, what was I just talking about? Oh my God. Oh, he's asked that. And then I remember, oh my God, the fucking next class. Um, again, the cop mentioned sex and the kid who had asked, he was like, um, don't ask what it is. <laughs> like to the whole class. He's like, I asked and I wish I hadn't. <laughs> oh, I asked and I wish I hadn't. <laughs> yeah so anyway i didn't mean to interrupt that i just i i realized what he was doing at the beginning of weekend update and i was like wow that was a subtle but that was actually not funny but that was funnier than anything he'd previously done to open weekend update yeah it was the cia has been involved in no less than nine assassination plots ford says i'm glad i'm not foreign which the joke is someone had already tried to assassinate him and he was too dumb to realize it. Uh, Chevy Chase made a joke about Ronald Reagan announcing his campaign. And they I realized they were laughing at him even then. And then I realized, oh, my God, we're going to watch Ronald Reagan. We're going to have to go through watching them. Like, watch, we're going to have to watch him. Well, we're we're going to get to watch Ronald Reagan get elected through the eyes of Saturday Night Live. It's like we're going to get to experience history through the eyes of, through the lens of SNL. I feel like I've already experienced kind of the same brushstrokes. I feel like what we're in now is just history, but worse. Like, well, yeah. I mean, yeah, true. It'll be like, oh, this chaos would have been so nice to live through. God. Um, the Francis- uh, Francisco... Franco, Generalissimo Franco in Spain, he died and they were making jokes about his death and how his doctors were notoriously very cagey and how, well, I, what did they say? His condition had worsened or something? I think so. I don't know. I remember laughing, but I don't remember the words. Right. Um, He continued to mock George Wallace, who, as we remember from our spliff slips last time, was the governor of Alabama and was running for the Democratic. Uh, Yeah, so they're still mocking him. And I guess it was something about Ronald Reagan. There was going to be a minute of Ronald Reagan clips played on TV. And then due to the Fair Broadcasting Act, there. 
George Wallace's campaign demanded that a minute of Ironsides be played. And for those of you that weren't around the first time, I googled this for you. Ironsides is a TV show about a detective who was paralyzed in a shooting who solved cases in a wheelchair. So yeah, they went there. And I mean, George Wallace was a shit person. So honestly, I didn't even mind that one. I just thought it was funny. They did. They also did like the same joke with a Ford commercial, right? I think so, yeah. Yeah, like, I don't know. And then, I don't know. Maybe I was just not paying attention. <laughs> I don't know. I, I didn't see that. The next thing I saw was the commercial for <laughs> electroshock therapy. Well, that was Spud Beer. <laughs> Well, yeah, it wasn't a commercial for therapy. Yeah. <sighs> I, yeah, it was about people who were so fucked up that they got electroshock therapy and it erased uh, both anxieties and childhood, or it erased childhood traumas and also part of your personality. And it was potato flavored beer because the people were so fucked up from the electroshock therapy that they didn't care. So fucking nasty. <laughs> The final joke in Weekend Update, the one that I actually laughed at the most was that joke in Weekend Update, the one that I actually laughed at the most was that Charles Schultz announced he was going to be adding a new character to the Peanuts comic strip line or the Peanuts canon world, whatever it's called, and that Woodstock was now going to be replaced with a bird named Altamont who was dressed in a Nazi Hell's Angels outfit. And yeah, it was... It was literally just Nazi Woodstock. <laughs> yes! I was like, what the fuck? Okay. <laughs> I know. I was like, I can't believe I'm looking at this, but also it's really fucking funny because I don't know if you get that reference, but I did. Nazi Woodstock or? So, okay. So Altamont was the West Coast Woodstock. But at Altamont, which was like at the Altamont Speedway, the Rolling Stones were the headliners and they hired, they hired Hell's Angels to be security for the event. And the security, the Hell's Angels ended up beating like this 18 or 19 year old kid to death in the front row while the Rolling Stones were playing the concert. And like, they're up there singing and performing and they're watching the Hell's Angels beat this kid to death in the front row. So saying Woodstock was replaced by Altamont because like Woodstock was, I, it was like Woodstock was in August of 69 and I think Altamont was in November. And it was like, that was it, man. No one trusted anyone. How come I never knew of it? There's a documentary. There's a whole- Everyone talks about Woodstock. Like everyone talks about Woodstock. Yep. We talk about it in fucking- school but we talk about that holy shit that was uh i really enjoyed so yeah lo long story short uh yeah that's what that referenced was when stock was replaced with altamont as a nazi hell's angel anyway your turn um the next one okay it at first kind of went over my head because i don't know i wasn't really paying attention um <laughs> she's wearing a blonde wig and she's um talking no she, well, she's writing a letter and I didn't realize that she was writing about Patty Hearst for literally the, the entire sketch so I was a little confused <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was her uh sorority sister telling 
she was writing a letter to Patty Hearst begging her to come back and that it, yeah it was again I'm sure it played really well for 1975 for 2020 it was like wow okay Patty Hearst now like brings her dog to dog shows and is like an upper it's like a Manhattan socialite now Wow, I didn't know that. But there was a book about her at the library that I used to just look at. <laughs> uh, yeah, by Jeffrey Tubin, who was also in the news this week for pulling out his dick on a Zoom call. Well, why is everything just like connected? <laughs> Go, you know what they say, it goes all the way to the top. I'm freaking out. Oh my God. Okay. Well, yeah, so. I, did you have anything else to say about that? Because I really didn't. I, oh, wait, they did no. sing. I forgot that they sang on that. <laughs> they sang? Yeah! Oh, <laughs> yes, Lily Tomlin did sing. Yeah, it was really weird. So she was writing a letter to Patty Hearst, but then she started singing the letter. And I really didn't know why, other than it was really awesome that Lily Tomlin can sing, and I'm happy they utilized it. But I didn't get it. She was hitting all these high notes in a song about Patty Hearst. And I was like, what? <laughs> On that note, ha ha ha, music jokes. Um, <laughs> I would like to talk about the Muppets. And this week, Scred was in love. And I wish I remember. Oh, Gorch. Gorch and the Lady Muppet. Fuck, I keep not knowing her name. Is that sexist of me? Um, <laughs> he was looking through all of um, all of Scred's things. He was looking and he found a photo of Lily Tomlin because um, he didn't know where Scred was. And he saw that Scred had written a whole love letter to her. And then, yeah, we cut to Lily Tomlin and Scred. But Lily Tomlin had to do the whole, you know, I think it's better for just friends. And then, yeah, I mean, we've all been there. We've all had that done, done that. Uh, I've done both. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, and then they start singing I Got You, Babe by Sonny and Cher. And that was kind of cute, except it was still scred. So I was like, uh... it was weird, but it, it was fun. I liked it. <laughs> yeah. And then there was another re-air uh, from the first Saturday Night Live. It was a re-air of Albert Brooks' film, The Impossible Truth. Um, oh, wait, didn't Lily Tomlin come out right before this? Um, what'd she do? I don't remember what she really did, but she came out and she just said something about how, like, the Albert Brooks, she introduced the film, essentially. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she did. She said it was a pot, it was the most popular film that had aired it was like um again no it wasn't the fall the yeah. bad tv shows was but whatever i was like show me the twitter hashtags lily tomlin 1975 my ass like that was not the most popular one <laughs> <sighs> they just wanted to play it again to see if it would hit to see if it would hit better the second time i think that's how that went is that what they're trying to do with triopenin because that's never going to work. It will literally never work and try open. And yeah, it was, I was just like, okay, pretty crazy that this is yet another thing that we've already seen in the same episode, but go off, I guess. Yeah. 
And then we roll right into Beethoven part three. And this time, Beethoven, he opens up a little container, does a little bump of cocaine, says a two, which was really adorable, puts on sunglasses and starts doing his best Ray Charles impression and starts performing, I believe, What Did I Say? And his wife and Frida come in and they start singing back up and dancing. And it was very cute. I liked it. I was dancing in my seat. It was fun. Yeah. Like that's kind of what I was saying earlier about how this was like a fun episode. Good vibes. Yeah. I just, there was like no, it's like the purpose of it was like, oh, what if Beethoven played stuff we all know like that that's literally the point of the sketch and i love it i don't even know how to like explain this next one okay so lily so we cut to a classroom and lily tomlin is instructing female construction workers and you realize pretty quickly that she's teaching them how to cat call and she has dan Aykroyd come in to help teach the class and assist her and it was literally women catcalling men as he walks back and forth in front of them. And it felt, it was icky because like, I don't know, I've been catcalled. It doesn't feel nice. Sometimes. It depends. Um, it's like, catcalling is never, okay, no. <laughs> it's like, no, it's like, okay, catcalling is never appreciated. It's like, nice compliments. Be like, hey. You know, like a nice compliment is nice, catcalling, not cool. Anyway, now that I've clarified that, it was icky to see it, but it was also kind of nice to see the trope flipped on its head because these women, Gilda Radner, Lorraine Newman, Jane Curtin, were, and Lily Tomlin were all saying everything that men would say to women or the same or a variation of what a man would say to a woman when catcalling her. And Lily Tomlin, this was a very, very well done sketch. Um, Lily Tomlin, when Dan Aykroyd starts complaining, saying that he's uncomfortable, he thought he was going to help teach, he doesn't understand. Her response is, oh, even if it, you know, doesn't look like he likes it, no matter what they say, oh, you know, it's so cute when you're mad. And just all things that men say to women when they get upset. And then like, as they go through the stages of being upset that they're being catcalled, Lily Tomlin taught these women how to catcall at every step of the way for Dan Aykroyd. And then it ended on a note where Dan Aykroyd was really sad and Gilda was sitting next to him and he was really upset. And she's like, hey, don't cry. It's only school. And it's like, but it hurt him and it wasn't school because that happens every day to everyone so yeah i actually thought it was a sketch with a message and i really liked seeing it wow i kind of interpreted it a little bit differently i guess like at the end i was kind of like oh this is like like the whole time i was like okay yeah this is a reversal of gender roles um wow this is maybe just me projecting in such a weird way onto it because then at the end when gilda was comforting him and oh my god i we just have to mention that his shorts were so short like they were just so short like (laughs) i can't not mention how those were oh they were 
And it's like, it was odd to see, but I mean, he pulls off. Dan, Dan Aykroyd can apparently pull off a very short jean short, but it was still not what I was expecting. Yeah. But then like when it ended with, oh my God. Okay. Yeah. Now that I think about it, I was just like, oh, like, uh, of course, like she's like comforting him because he's upset. Like that's like, that's not even a reversal. That's just how it is. Like, I feel like women are always doing emotional labor for men, but I think that was just me projecting onto it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't think Saturday Night Live was worried about emotional labor in 1975. I think it was, I think it just took a serious turn. I don't think they were trying to educate the masses about the emotional labor women do. I wish, but no. The next one, we see a woman who doesn't um, seem to mind emotional labor or even manual physical labor. Um, she has kids and a full-time job and she does all this housework and it's like oh my god how did she do it speed <laughs> it's like no <laughs> it's like no shit she, she's out in the community she's working with this she runs playdates and yeah and but amphetamines i mean that is why 1950s housewives were kind of able to do it all and didn't have put much thought into it because they just went to their doctors and they were like I'm unhappy or I'm having trouble getting everything done and they were like here this will help you and it'll help you take your mind off it and they were like oh this does help and it made them happy because it made them ignore all their fucking problems and their shitty husbands and then once they started getting all burnout in the 60s that's when the feminine mystique came out because people were like is this all there is to life cleaning and taking care of children and speed and then we all took off our bras yeah <laughs> um so yeah that was really all there was to it just an ad for speed mm-hmm. yeah and then it cut to lily tomlin performing it was a sketch, but she was the only one in it. It was kind of a monologue, but she was having a conversation with her friend Margot. She was like a teen girl in the 50s poodle skirt, and she's talking to Margot off screen about this guy she likes. And uh, you don't know what Margot's saying, but you can guess based on Lily Tomlin's reactions and responses. And then I guess the guy that she likes shows up at the dance and then he starts dancing with another girl named Franny and Lily Tomlin was sad and the sketch ended. Yeah, it was it was weird. It was like a one woman sketch, but I mean, hey, like she could pull it off. So, okay. <laughs> right. And I mean, that is kind of what she was known for at that point. And as we read in Live from New York, Lily Tomlin knew Lauren from the Toronto and other they were friends prior to Saturday Night Live they had worked together before and she was kind of known for her one woman monologues that were absolutely hilarious so it didn't surprise me that for the show's monologues they let her perform some characters I in my mind it was the equivalent of handing John Mulaney or Chris Rock it's like when you let them do a stand-up set for the beginning of the show it's what they're good at you let them do it it's what she's good at it fills up a few minutes and Lord knows they needed to fill up minutes if they were uh, replaying Triopnin and fucking what the fuck ever. Sorry, Albert Brooks. I mean, that Beethoven thing played three times as well. I'm not, that was the same thing. It was definitely a different song each time, but. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I mean, I guess because each of those was so short, 
It's like if they did that today, they wouldn't split it up in three sections. They would just have it as, oh, the wife and Frida leave the room and then he plays a song and then they come back. There wouldn't be cuts. They would just air it all at the same time. So I think, I mean, the sketch may have still played today. It just wouldn't have been spliced like that. Yeah, I feel like, especially now, since like they use YouTube probably to, you know, reach a lot of people. Yeah. You can't really do that. No. I mean, maybe you could, but it wouldn't really work. <laughs> I'm not watching three 45-second-long YouTube clips. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, we went into the final performance of the night, which was Howard Shore and the all-nurse band once again. And I thought this was cute because Gilda blanked. She didn't realize that the live... They were all waiting for her to start talking as she was the one that kicked off like this bit. And she's just like sitting there like, la da 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 and they're all looking at her. But it didn't look staged. It just looked cute. Like it didn't look like Chevy Chase's like, I'm having phone sex with a woman at the beginning of Weekend Update. Oh, hello, there's a camera there. Like it just looked like she zoned out or she missed the, hey, we're live cue. And I thought that was adorable. It was cute. It was just relaxed. And yeah, then the bees... <laughs> the bees they played the bebop it was cute <laughs> in b flat <laughs> and everybody was going like like making all sound effects and like doing like scat i think yeah okay yeah so i it was cute yeah just wholesome fun bees love them <laughs> what was your what did you think the best sketch of the night was um that's a good question now i'm looking and i don't know it's kind of i did kind of like the uh, it was so short but the speed ad she was like showing her collection of folded brown paper bags and that kind of had me laughing really fucking hard (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah that was really good um i thought the best sketch of the night was uh, Lily Tomlin teaching women how to catcall to men and kind of demonstrating like the process, the cycle of a catcall on the street, like how it starts, how it continues when someone reacts poorly, how do you react? I thought that was the best one while my favorite was Beethoven. Yeah, I did like the Beethoven ones. I, I just, yeah, his his facial expressions were so funny. What was your favorite? My favorite? Shit. Um, I thought that was the same thing. Oh, God, I wasn't really thinking. But I didn't really have one, I guess, that was like my favorite. They kind of were all just sort of like the same level for me. What was your least favorite? My least favorite was, I mean, probably the cold open. It just... It just wasn't anything special. Yeah. It was, uh, oh, there was another pratfall. Chevy Chase was giving a presentation and walked backwards and fell over the desk this time. It was like 12 feet in total. It was insane. So it was like, I, I was actually slightly concerned for him at one point. Like, oh my God, is he going to hit his head? Like at this point, it's not, oh, ha ha. What's Chevy gonna do this week it's oh how's chevy gonna almost break his neck this time yeah that was kind of actually insane (laughs) yeah 
I yeah, it's not. I I I think it gets a little better, maybe. But um, yeah, I think Dan Aykroyd's Jimmy Carter. I think you're going to enjoy that one a bit more because it's not as it still pokes fun, but it's better. It's you can. It doesn't feel like Chevy Chase sitting there doing his thing. Yeah, no, you can find us on all podcast platforms where you can like, rate, subscribe, review. Our website is Satinite High Pod, and our Gmail is Satinite High Pod as well. Yes, and that's also our username on Instagram, Reddit, and Twitter, except on Twitter, it's going to be spelled N-I-T-E instead of N-I-G-H-T because of character limit. We're on Facebook. That's it for me. I'm Gilda. And I'm Steph. (laughs) Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. (laughs)